Good morning. Good morning, good morning. As Britt was saying, this week he he took me to a special place. We went to a Dodgers game. It was my first time. So I'm officially a Los Angeles resident now. And in the middle of that um, excitement, he started asking me about my second name, my middle name. So he has that in his pocket. I'm sure he's going to use it against me someday, but don't pay attention to him. It's a privilege for me to be here this morning and to be able to share God's word with you. I want to thank Britt for the confidence that he has and for Rebecca and for Melanie for helping out this morning, for Ashley, of course. So we're going to speak about something very interesting. In the New Testament, it's the story of Zacchaeus. And it's very probable that you all have heard this story a few times before. But I'd like to think about it, um, thinking about the Sermon on the Mount and what we've been learning through that here at Living Stones. So I'd like to read, but before that, the three uh, main points that we're going to be talking about this morning is, first of all, to look at the story and look at who Zacchaeus was. Who does Zacchaeus represent? And then, secondly, we're going to talk about how Jesus finds Zacchaeus and he brings the kingdom close to him, the gospel. And the third one is Zacchaeus's response to this encounter that he has and how this encounter with Jesus changes his life. So, we're going to read Luke 19, 1 through 10, which is where we find this story. I'm going to read in Spanish first and then Melanie in English. We're so used to do it backwards, right? English first and then Spanish, so we're changing the order. First Spanish, then English. He entered Jericho and was passing through, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. 
And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So who was Zacchaeus? Let's begin there. The story presents Zacchaeus as a tax collector with a lot of money. I think that's pretty clear from the text, from the story. And after hearing people's response after Jesus goes to him, Everyone knows him as a sinner. Zacchaeus was a tax collector, and he worked for the Roman Empire. For the Jews, he um, to the Jews he was a traitor. He was somebody who um, had turned his back on his culture, on his people, and was working for the oppressive government. Obviously, he was associated with Roman soldiers. He was taking money from people to be able to feed this empire that was capturing um, and oppressing the, the, the Jews. So it's interesting to understand that because Zacchaeus is representing, if we try to see it that way, He's representing these people who publicly are associated and known as immoral people, people that are marginalized, people that are rejected. There wasn't a way for Zacchaeus to enter in to God. There wasn't a way for Zacchaeus to draw near to God. He formed part of this group of people. He wasn't within the temple, within that social circle in the temple. And we see that continually in the stories, Jesus is constantly drawing near to that type of people. We see Zacchaeus, we see Levi, another tax collector. We see people like the Samaritan woman, prostitutes, people with um, a lot of people that are stigmatized by the society. And um, there wasn't a way for them to draw near to God. So Zacchaeus was searching for something. But there was this paradigm that because he wasn't a moral person. He, he wasn't close to God. He couldn't get close to God. So what was Zacchaeus searching for? What did he want? We see in this story that Zacchaeus was searching for or wanting to get closer to God. There was a desire in him to get close to God. Perhaps all of his life, 
he had been in a corner and they had told him, Zacchaeus, you can't get close to God. How are you going to get close to God? Look at you. You're full of, you have so much money. You've stolen money from your people. You're a traitor. No, you stay right there in that corner. You can't. But that desire, just like in all of us, there's a desire. Yes? Does everyone agree with that? A desire to know more about God? I think that's what has brought us to God. It hasn't been pretty words. I think the best preacher can stand here, the best theologian, and talk to you all. But if you don't have that desire, that need in our heart to draw near to God, then we're never going to draw near. We were created, we were designed in that way to desire God, to go back to his presence. So Zacchaeus, he wanted to be close to God. And probably he had never been presented with a way to get close to God. So he heard that Jesus was coming. He wanted to draw near. And he did so to the extent that his comfort allowed him to. He got up into a tree. And I don't know exactly how tall the tree was, but he climbed up, and what he wanted, I know that he's presented as a very short man in this story, a super short man, maybe like Trent. (laughs) Obviously, much shorter than Trent. But that physical problem, perhaps that wasn't so great. Because I think as short as you are, you can still walk forward and backwards and to your sides. I think that what was really happening here with Zacchaeus, just like happens often with us, is that he didn't feel comfortable. He knows that God is there. Perhaps God God is everywhere. But when we talk about God, uh, not right now. I don't, I don't want to talk about that. Later. I don't feel, I don't really want that right now. I don't feel comfortable talking about that right now. I feel really dirty. I don't feel prepared. Because we know that there's something that separates us from God. Something that doesn't allow us to be comfortable in his presence. Because we believe in our mind, as I talked about this paradigm, that we're not moral enough to draw near to God. And we're going to talk about how that's not true. How Jesus showed that that's not true. So now I want to ask you something. In these days, who are the Zacchaeuses of today? Are there people who feel like Zacchaeus nowadays? Think about your life, people in your life, perhaps people who don't want to come to church, don't want to know about God, or perhaps even if you drag them to church a little bit, maybe they're not going to feel comfortable being here. Now, do you think that there's a way for those people to get to God? I don't know about you all, but I believe that there is. Because Jesus came 
he shed his blood for all of us. Even if you're not here, even if you never draw near to a church, Jesus shed his blood so that we could all have access to his presence, so that we could all have access to his salvation. So think for a moment. Is there someone like that in your life? Maybe at work. Maybe at school. Maybe your neighbor or a family member. Perhaps there is. I know some people. I know someone. I don't know about you all, but I do. I think there are people like Zacchaeus. And it's because of that that we want to see how Jesus presents the gospel to Zacchaeus. Because perhaps in that way we'll have a better idea of how we can draw other people near to God's kingdom. We're going to see the second point, how Jesus brings the kingdom of heaven close to Zacchaeus. We're going to read in Matthew 4.17. This happened right after Jesus was baptized and he starts his ministry. He's starting his ministry. Matthew 4.17 describes the way in which Jesus begins his ministry, the way in which he focuses his ministry. It says in Matthew, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. He's not saying one day the kingdom of heaven will draw near. He's saying the kingdom of heaven has come near now. Here I am. And it's interesting to understand that because at this point in the story, or up to this point in the story, after the fall, the kingdom of heaven wasn't near. There were lots of people outside of the Jewish tradition that didn't have any idea or any way to draw near to God. There wasn't an, an entrance. There wasn't an invitation to draw near to God. But now, here, Jesus says, Repent. Why? For the kingdom of heaven has come near. And I think if, if that hadn't been Jesus' main message, we wouldn't be here. All of this would still be spoken at some, in some place on the other side of the world. It wouldn't be here in California, in Canoga Park, in Mexico, in Latin America, in Africa. Because the kingdom of heaven has come near. I am so joyful for that. Because the kingdom of heaven has come near. It doesn't depend on me anymore. Praise God for that. Because I'm not, a, I'm not good. I'm not enough. I make mistakes. But God is perfect and it depends on God. The kingdom of heaven has drawn near to Livingstones. The kingdom of God has drawn near to Canoga Park, to California, to the United States, to all the world. So I want to look at an image, a painting. This is a pretty painting. I like it a lot. Called the Latin American Via Crucis. And it describes 
the way in which Jesus, who is in the middle, we can see him with his six packs. He's walking along. Is he in a temple? No. No, he's not in a temple. Is he on a corner sitting down? Like that, saying, hey, come on, next, next, next in line, next in line, come on. Number 10, number 11. He's not like that, right? He's walking along. And he's walking along on this road, and it's not, um, he's not on a red carpet. He's not on a gold path. He's walking along on the dirt path, surrounded by people, by kids, by slaves, by people that are being oppressed, by people who are oppressing, by wars, by hunger. He's surrounded by all these things, and he's encountering them. It's a dynamic kingdom. It's not a static kingdom. It's a kingdom that's walking along, that's encountering each one of these people. And when the kingdom of heaven draws near to our life, it creates change. When God's kindness is presented in this way, our hearts change and we follow him. How many times have we seen this in the New Testament when Jesus draws near to people? Normally Jesus arrives and he tells someone, hey, follow me. And in the same way, Jesus came to our lives and said, hey, Nima, follow me. Larry, follow me. Britt, follow me. Sergio, follow me. He found us. He drew near to us. He drew near to Zacchaeus. So how is it that that, that happened? How does Jesus show Zacchaeus the kingdom of heaven? Well, first of all, he calls him by his name. He says, Zacchaeus, come here, get down. I don't know about you all, but I imagine Jesus sees him. He looks at him in his eyes and in a very inviting way. He says, hey, Zacchaeus, come on, let's go. I, I want to stay in your house. I must stay in your house. Why do you all think that he does that? I think Jesus is beginning to show us that show us his mission to show us how he draws near. He wants to dine with us. Jesus tells us, hey, I want to be in your house. I want to arrive there. To your craziness, don't feel like you have to clean up your living room. I know that there's a lot of food that's been there for a long time. But it's okay. I want to go to your house. Jesus doesn't tell Zacchaeus, hey, Zacchaeus, I'll see you at the temple. He says, I will see you at your house. I want to go to your house. And what happens with that invitation, with Jesus' invitation to Zacchaeus? I think that for the first time, Zacchaeus felt reconciliation with God. Why? Let's think about it. 
we don't usually invite ourselves over to enemies' houses, right? Jesus invited himself over to Zacchaeus' house, showing him reconciliation. And I'm sure Zacchaeus said, wait, this God that I've always felt I was, um, was angry with me is telling me that he wants to come eat with me. Jesus, at least for most people, everyone believed at least that he was a prophet. And many believed that he was God's son, that he was the Messiah. So he represents God. And he's telling Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, I must eat at your house. Do you all understand what's happening? Do you understand this reconciliation that's shown by Jesus towards Zacchaeus? Hey, Britt, for the first time. Hey, Mark, for the first time. I'm not angry with you. That's how it happened in my life, too. One day God told me, hey, Elvis, I'm not angry with you. I want to eat at your house. If all you have is one tortilla, one piece of bread, that's okay. Let's eat that. Jesus didn't even ask, hey, what do you have to eat? I have pupusas, I have tacos, I have fried chicken. And then Jesus says, oh, I like that. Yeah, let's go. No, he wanted to be with Zacchaeus. You know, Jesus wanted to be with me when he came into my life. And that's what we celebrate today and always that the God, the eternal God, the powerful God, the God of creation, the huge God, wants to be at your house, wants to live with you. Isn't that wonderful? For me it is. And I know it is for all of us. And that's what the gospel is about. Those are the good news that that's the good news that we share. That's the good news that Jesus was talking about in his words when he said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. I think that as we look at this, definitely for Zacchaeus, he recognized that God was with Jesus, that Jesus was one with God the Father. And many of those that were around Jesus, many of the, the teachers of the law, they never recognized this because they weren't searching for it, because they believed that they already had it. But Zacchaeus, the prostitute, those Samaritans, all of those that were excluded, from God, they were searching for that way to find God. Their heart was willing. They were poor in spirit. And blessed are they. And blessed were many of they of them. Because they found they found comfort. They found God. They found a God who wanted to eat with them. That gives me so much joy.
So Zacchaeus is happy, and Jesus goes to his house. And I can imagine that they eat together, and Jesus meets his kids and his family. And, um, and Zacchaeus says, look, here's my little dog. <laughs> he says, oh, that's nice. And look, here are pictures of my family. Look, here's my mom. Here's my dad. This is my uncle. This is my. These are my nephews. Look, here they are on their football team. And and Jesus takes that time with him. And I want us to understand something. When Jesus' kindness, when God's kindness is shown in our lives, that produces repentance. It could be that many times you go and tell people all the bad things that they're doing and tell them, you're bad, you're doing something bad. But many times that produces rebellion. It makes people even angrier. It produces more conflict. And generally it doesn't work. But when God's kindness is shown in its fullness, it produces repentance. I want us to look at Romans 2.4. It says, Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? I think we hear what we were talking about. We see that in the word. And I think that that kindness is revealed at this point in the story to Zacchaeus. Now, something that we also begin to see in this story is the inclusive nature of the gospel. Because as we talked about before, Zacchaeus wasn't someone that traditionally was included in, in the things of God. He wasn't included in this kingdom. In that time, it was a privilege for just a few people, depending on where you had been born, depending on how you had been raised, and depending on your morality. If you did the correct sacrifices, then only these few people could be in a part of the kingdom. And the rest of the world was out. But if we look in Galatians 3, 27 and 28, it talks a little bit, it describes a little bit about how this gospel that we share is inclusive. For one of the first times, the inclusive nature of the gospel is revealed. Let's read. It says, For all who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female. For you all, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And today we celebrate that in our church. I invite you to look around, look at those who are around you, 
and look at me. Look, let's look amongst ourselves. We're not the same. Perhaps we don't all belong to the same ethnic group. Perhaps we don't all speak the same language. Perhaps you all don't have the same beautiful Salvadorian accent that I have. But here we are. Because in Christ we are one. Right? And that's what we celebrate. That's the inclusive um, nature of the gospel. Now, how is it that we can bring the kingdom of heaven near to those around us? We already talked about how Jesus did that. He, would talk, he talked in a personal way to Zacchaeus. He showed God's kindness to Zacchaeus. He had that fellowship with him. Now, how can we do that? Or how can we do that? How can we multiply that? And we're going to look at two things. First off, just spending time together, being interested in our neighbor's lives, in the lives of our friends at work, people at school. Many times, people aren't what we see at first sight. We can't see their whole lives. We don't know how what they're suffering. We don't know where they come from, how it is that they came to this place. We don't know what family they've left behind, their pain, and everything that they're going through. Perhaps they're sick. Perhaps they're going through financial difficulties. Perhaps they're empty. They don't have God. And many times, we need someone to draw near during those difficult times, those hard times. Just like we saw Jesus walking with all these people in the, in the painting, that's what we need to do too and to show that, to participate in that fellowship with people. Many times, I want to try to explain this well. It's good to share God's word, obviously to give them a Bible verse, to give them a book, or maybe a track. And that's okay. That's a lot of things are explained in those things. But I think that along with that, when you share your heart with people, when you share your time with people, when you share food with people, you are showing the um, practical nature of the gospel. You're putting the gospel into practice. And many times those things change people's hearts or change the perspective that those people have on God. Through those things, you're showing God's kindness. And we see, we saw in that verse that those things produce repentance. So I invite you to think about that person, that Zacchaeus that we talked about before, and that you would decide, this week I'm going to go have some tacos with that person, or pupusas, or whatever. I'm trying to think in something American. Or a hamburger. You don't have to make tacos. 
or eat pupusa. Although, it would be good if we all ate pupusa. But everything else, you can have anything you want. The idea here is, though, be interested in people. Make time for people. Share your heart with people. Share your time. Show them God's kindness in their lives. Love them as you love yourself. The other way is taking the gospel to where they are. If you look around at those that are around you, how many people are here? Think of a number, an estimate of how many people are sitting here. 45. Gina's good. 45. How many people are in Canoga Park? How many people are at Lanark Park? A lot. And although we would want to, they wouldn't all fit here. So what's going to happen? Are we going to wait until another church comes and talks to them? Or there's an equal number of um, seats in this area in churches as there are people in this area? Are we going to wait for that until we talk about the gospel or what are we going to do? We need to go. We need to go and find people on the corner in this moment without mattering what state they're in. It shouldn't matter if they're drunk, they're angry, they're sad, they're happy. In this moment, they need to hear. Think about that. There's people dying to find God. And there's on the other side, there's a God who's desiring to be with them, a God who sent his son to shed his blood for them. And we're still waiting for someone to, for the person to come here to church and that this person would sit and feel uncomfortable and and be in the service. When we could go and be a little uncomfortable but go to that person. And I think Jesus went through a lot of discomfort to share his message. And and it wouldn't we can be a little uncomfortable going to people. Yes. So I invite you to think about that. The gospel should be taken to where people are. The gospel should be announced as you're going along. The gospel is made to go outside of these four walls. We have something that people need. We have a light that we need to make shine in the darkness. Not just have it for ourselves. So the invitation is for us to do that. That as we think about people and as we thought about people that need the gospel, that we would be able to share that with them. And the last point, 
How does salvation come to Zacchaeus? And we see that as a result of communing with Jesus and from the demonstration of kindness that Jesus showed to Zacchaeus and from the humbled heart of Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus repents. Let's look at what verse 9 says. Luke 19:9. It says, And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. Sorry. Verse 8, not verse 9. It says, And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. Zacchaeus' heart was repentant. It wasn't God's idea to tell Zacchaeus, Hey, Zacchaeus, you're a big thief. Give back the money. And make sure you give back four times what you stole. As we saw before, God's kindness drew near to Zacchaeus and that produced repentance. And that's what we see in Zacchaeus, in his heart, um, that his decision to give back the money, that was a product of repentance that was birthed in his heart. And another result of this communing with Jesus that Zacchaeus had was that Jesus, um, Zacchaeus is reconciled with God. And now, looking at verse 9, it says, And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. The Son of God is saying, Salvation has come to this house. Isn't that wonderful? Salvation comes to Zacchaeus' house. Zacchaeus understands who Jesus is. Another result is that Jesus redeems Zacchaeus' identity. If, if we look at the end of verse 9, it says, Since he also is a son of Abraham. Let's pause for a second and remember, how did this story start? How was Zacchaeus described? The story itself describes him as a tax collector, someone who's rich. And people, what did people call him? They called him a sinner. And how now Jesus calls him what does Jesus call him in what we just read? A son of Abraham. He is also a son of Abraham. So he picks Zacchaeus up, all dirty, insulted, and he has this encounter with him. He presents reconciliation to him. He draws the kingdom of heaven near to him. He shows him his kindness. Zacchaeus repents. And salvation comes to his life. And now Jesus says, he too is a son of Abraham. 
his identity has been redeemed. That's the Jesus that we adore. That's the Jesus of the Gospels. That's the Jesus that we celebrate and that we share in this place. Isn't he a good God? Doesn't he deserve an applause? Why? Let's ask ourselves, why did Jesus do this for Zacchaeus? And why should we go to the discomfort? Uh, I don't want to walk. It's hot. No, we're just going to walk along the streets and the corners and all over, tired. Nah, we're not even going to see anybody. Why? Why would we go to that length? Why would we go seek? It's comfortable here. We have coffee. It's very good. We have um, water. We have air conditioning. We have good music. We have a very beautiful piano player. We have, it's nice here. So why would we go out and go to all this effort to find one person? I know. Why don't we do this? We can do this huge, we can have this huge tent campaign and have people come to us. That would be more effective. But I'm telling you all that even having brothers and sisters here, brothers and sisters in Christ, that Jesus, as the good shepherd, left his 99 sheep and went to seek that one sheep that was lost. And let's look at how Jesus mentions in verse 10. Or let's see what Jesus says in verse 10 of Luke 19. It says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's why we need to go to the discomfort. That's why we're going to go. We don't want other people um, to be uncomfortable. We want to be the ones in discomfort going to them because Jesus came for them. And the gospel isn't a privilege just for a small group of people that are privileged they're far away. They have even a greater need to know that Jesus has come near, that the kingdom of heaven has come near. They need to hear that. And that's why we need to go to the discomfort. That's why Jesus did what he did, because it's his will that everyone would know him. So I want to give you all a little bit of an example Many times, these people, like we once were, know that they're in a bad place. Perhaps they don't need to hear um, that they're bad. They recognize that. They recognize that they're lost. And, and they probably ask God where he is. Maybe not out loud, but they feel that need, that, that just like Zacchaeus had that need. So, 
I remember when I was a young boy. I was 10 or 11. Maybe I weighed as much as I do now. And I was in a, a group called Royal Rangers, and it was like a Boy Scouts group. It was part of my church. And they would take us to climb volcanoes in El Salvador. And it was very tiring. But before doing all of that, they would train us. And they would tell us, if you ever get lost, the first thing that you need to do is stop once you realize you're lost, stop and start thinking about the path that you took to get where you are. And look around you, wait, and look for the rest of the group. Shout out to them, try to make noise so that they can hear you. And although they didn't say this, probably say, hey, I'm lost, I'm lost, hey, I'm lost. Because if you don't do that and you just keep walking, how's anybody going to know that you're lost if you just keep walking and walking and walking? Do you think it's going to be easy to find you? Do you think you're going to find the rest of the group that way? I don't think so. That's, that's what they showed us when we, were, um, when we were in that group. So a lot of times the people that are outside, they have a willing heart. And we need to go out and search for them. There's people yelling, hey, I'm lost, I'm lost. Or maybe, in Espanol, estoy perdido. But we need to go, we need to search for them, because if not, they're just going to stay there. So, I'm going to give you an illustration. One more and then we're done. I promise. No more Salvadorian accent after this. I want... We're gonna t I want to turn this lamp on. Can you help me with the light? All right. It's a pretty lamp, right? It's ours. So it's a nice lamp, it has a good color, and it's connected directly to this power source, to the electricity. So this lamp represents those of us who are here that can connect to God. In Zacchaeus' time, it represents those few who had access to God, that privileged group that was born into the Jewish culture and from, the, from a young age had access to God, to the sacrifices and to a relationship with God. Very nice. But what about the rest of the world? What about this lamp that we have over here? It's a very small lamp. And here's its power cord. Does it reach all the way over there? Nope. Can it shine right now as it is? 
it was was it designed to be connected to the power source? Yes, right? Its place is over there. But for some reason, it's right there. I'm sorry, Lance. You can't be over there. Just stay right there in the darkness. I'm sorry, Zacchaeus. You're a sinner. You just got to stay there. I'm sorry. Insert there the name that you've thought about before. You just got to stay there. I'm going to go over to the temple. Have a good life. Take care of yourself. So, Jesus comes and he says, the kingdom of heaven is near. And through his sacrifice, he connects us with the Father. And does Jesus stay right there? No. He is here to go there where he needs to be, where those who don't have access, those who don't have a way to get there, Jesus shows his loving kindness. This is his loving kindness, shown. And as a result, Oh, it's not connected well. <laughs> As a result, <laughs> there's light. <laughs> Do you all understand? Now, does that depend on how far that cord can get over here? Is that dependent on someone's morality? Or how good they can be, how far you can stretch to get over there? Or does it, is it about how good Jesus is? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father if it's not through me. And he also said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Zacchaeus is now connected now we're all good right but what about the people that are outside those who we don't see our our temple has four walls I'm going to invite you to stand up in an ordered fashion and come with me. Silently, please. And Jesus is also here.
to turn that lamp on. It's on now. Can you see it? Now it's on. But what had happened? We couldn't see that lamp because it was outside of our four walls. God is inviting us to tear down the walls of our temple imaginarily in our imagination to open this door to open this place up to look outside there's people outside who need to hear there's people outside who need to hear that the kingdom of heaven is near and you can see now this lamp is on it's shining and who else is outside we don't see them are we going to see them if we just stay in this place no we have to actively go out and search for those who are lost for those sheep that are lost so you can all go back to your places and please think about this So to finish, I'd like us to reflect on this. I want to talk about two types of people. Those of you who feel like a Zacchaeus. Perhaps you don't feel comfortable. Perhaps you don't feel comfortable talking to people at church. Perhaps you feel more comfortable in back as far back as possible is better. That way people don't realize that I smell bad or that I'm dirty. And it's better all the way back there. Let me stay all the way back there. I can hear from there. I don't want to get near. Not too near. I'll come on Sundays. I'll hear a little bit. But Perhaps I don't think that I know enough to be near to God. But I want to remind you of something. It's not about your power cord. It's not about that. It's about that cord. Jesus. His extension cord. His going out to us. And perhaps you're at a point in which there is repentance in your heart. And I want to give you this message from God. It doesn't matter what you've done or what you do or that you do enough. It's about what He has done. It's about the extension cord. Perhaps this is a good place to be, a good place to start, recognizing that you don't deserve Him, that you need Jesus, that you could say, hey, I'm lost, I'm lost. But also, recognizing that we are poor in spirit, that's Jesus' invitation this morning, blessed 
blessed are you because the kingdom of heaven is for you. I also want to talk to another type of people. Those of you who perhaps feel like, yeah, I've been in a church for a really long time. And, yeah, my my own power cord, it gets pretty close to God. Jesus, he doesn't really have to do too much work to get me close to God. But, oh, go out to the where all those other people are? No. That lamp just needs to extend itself more into here. I'm not going to go out there. I've come here. I don't want to go out there. Jesus is telling you, it's about me. It's about my kingdom drawing near. Let's go towards them. Because my extension cord is infinite. My extension cord is long and it goes to any part of the world. Because the kingdom of heaven has come near.